1: Hey hey! Welcome to the podcast. May May and Kitty here, and Guide Culture cohort is it's open, man. And we have something really cool happening coming up next week. If you're listening to this live on January the twenty fifth of twenty twenty two. We're having a live viewing party for all the people that have signed up for the winter cohort. And we're going to be watching session one. Now, this is extremely special because technically, technically, the cohort doesn't start until February the 11th. And so all these people are basically getting a head start on their cohort. And this session is like the most important session. It is the one session you come back to every single time. It is the workhorse, it is like critical. And so for us to kind of like watch it together and have, the, the labs and the coaching inside of the session. It's just really going to give the students a head start. Uh, and we're just really excited to have that. And the reason we are communicating this with you and, and wanting you to really be aware of this specific moment is because, well, honestly, we're in conversation with so many people and they have the question of like, just is guide culture for me, based on my circumstance, based on my situation, based on my mindset, based on my life, like, is it the right time? Is it the right program? And we're feeling like, man, we need to get this out because this live viewing party is coming up and we want to make sure all the people who like know they want to do it, do it before this viewing party so they can just really like hit the ground running when the cohort uh, officially starts. And so we are going to be explicit with you today today about is it is it for you we're going to name out just a couple of situations especially with some people that we've talked to because let me tell you if we've talked to one person with a situation we know there are at least 20 of you uh possibly experiencing the same thing and so we're going to just like over communicate right now is guide culture for you based on your timing based on your life circumstances and honestly based on your your mental state too
2: One of the things I think if I were to put words to, I want to be specific with one person, but truly this is the case for a lot of people where they wonder, you know, I'm, I'm in a side hustle or I'm in a job, like a corporate job or something, but I don't know if I'm staying here. Like, I don't know if I'm here Mm -hmm. forever. So is it worth me doing guide culture now if I don't know that I'm going to stay in this thing, or I just don't know where my true passion is going to be in the future, mm-hmm. is it still worth it? And so what Macy, what would you say to that for someone who's like, maybe they don't feel on, on firm footing in their passion, mm. yeah. but, they, but they still want to grow and get skills.
1: Yeah. Well, You know, I think it's so easy to get caught up in what's my passion? What's my passion? What's my passion? Like I can't do anything until I find my passion. And I would encourage you to stop looking for your passion and start looking for opportunity because you can develop a passion in just about anything. Do you think Kat and I came out of the womb being like, we love sales tattooed on our forehead? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There is a major opportunity that that we saw to bring something that was already valuable to market. And let me tell you, that passion has developed strong. And the reason I think that it has helped the passion develop so much is because, like, we've been able to help people win through sales skills. But the only way that that's been able to happen is by actually getting it to people and converting them and getting them on board and bought in to guide culture, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, whatever you're doing, the the potential why you're not feeling passion is because you're not feeling momentum. Success is just moving forward in any capacity, in any way. And as you move forward and feel success, I, I can't guarantee this, but I can put some good money on it that a passion will start to flicker. It'll start to burn. And so the problem isn't the passion. The problem isn't the path by any stretch. The problem is the skill inside of an opportunity, it's just not there. And the skill we're talking about is people skills. And I know what you're probably thinking, you're like, Macy, people like love me. What are you talking about? Like I know people. And there's a difference between being loved and getting people to move, getting people to take action. It's two totally different skills. And you can do both and you can do it both really, really well. So good news is your passion does not have to be set in stone. You can develop a passion. And even better news, if you do find a new passion, you're going to have the right skills to to go and make that new passion happen. They overflow. These skills overflow into whatever you do. That's like the best part of this is like you can have one set of skills and go and find success and movement forward in whatever you do.
2: Amen. I don't know. It's funny. I feel like I don't talk about this a lot because one, we don't, I mean, tell our own stories very often. Yeah. But if no one knows this story, um, before guide culture, for me, I was in a side hustle for, mm-hmm. I think two years before guide culture, Yeah, two and a half, maybe I was at a point where I literally would not even check my email from this company. I would like delete it. I would not even look at it because I was so not in movement. Mm. I was so not in this. I hadn't, I had no like Pat, honestly, no passion for it. And then a lot of people might know the fact my story of like, I was at a fork in the road, decided to invest in myself. And honestly, that's when the passion came was when I like actually dug deeper into something,
1: mm.
2: uh, which was the same exact side hustle. But I was like a different person. Mm. Right. It's yeah. like, you you can be passionate or not mm-hmm. and that's like a decision you make on on how you're how you want to be intentional with it and grow the skills. It's just so crazy. Mike Rowe, who is the host of dirty jobs, a lot of like blue collar workers, he believes don't follow your passion, but always bring it with you. And when we talk to people, most t- of the time the passion is I just I just, I just realized I love people I, and people is so funny. They say it like it's the first mm-hmm. time anyone's ever said it. Like mm-hmm. I realize I love people and I want to help people. Yeah. That's all of our passion and right. everybody's. Yeah. So, um, take that with you mm-hmm. and, and go do something with it by learning how to communicate to them and love them yeah. through whatever it is you do. And what's fun is that you can You can switch up your, you know, you can switch up your side hustle. You could switch up your corporate job. You can go be full-time, you know, volunteer and excel in that and be passionate about it.
1: And you know, what's cool is like, I think about when passions are developed at Guide Culture in person, we have everybody share like the story of why they do what they do. Mm -hmm. And the story comes from helping somebody from actually working with them. The passion doesn't necessarily always come from their life. It comes from a story of helping someone. So like the first, the example I'm thinking about is Brittany. Mm-hmm. She is a color uh, image consultant. So she helps you find the best colors for your uh, coloring, your hair and skin. And she told a story about a girl who had to have a hysterectomy at like age 26 or something crazy. And for years, she just like, didn't feel like a woman. She did not feel like herself. I think she'd gained a bunch of weight and she's felt terrible. And it wasn't until she like understood how to the science of like what made her, honestly, like quote, look beautiful or put together. She felt from the inside out, like beautiful for the first time. She felt like a woman for the first time since she had her hysterectomy. And Brittany is like, I'm dedicating my life to, for that moment right there, to be able to, to help people see themselves so they can be confident in all that they do. But it wasn't until she had a client that that passion developed, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get fired up about things within yourself. I mean, you can, like, you can look at your story and you can say, man, I can like do this for, them. but it's not until you really see someone have that moment, like, man, like that is worth all the work that is mm-hmm. worth the grind is to help people like her. And that's why that, that skill of being able to say, Hey, like I can connect like my Solution to your problem in such a clear, concise, compelling way where they can't help but say yes, and that's where passions really start to get planted and rooted, and then flourish.
2: Truly rooted, hundred percent. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's a huge deal.
2: So it's actually exciting.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so exciting! <laughs> it's exciting, and, and this so is why. It was called clearly confident for, for a couple of years because people got clarity. They either got passion, like more passion, in what they were doing, or they got clarity and how to pivot. And then when they did pivot, they had the skill to have a really robust start.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was like the best case scenario of getting clear on on the path and then also having the skills to do it well.
2: So good. Yeah. So good. Okay. So I had a recent conversation This is another circumstance that maybe you're in and you might be like, well, is this for me if I'm dealing with this? So the circumstance is someone who is actually in corporate right now, but wants to start her own course, but the course is not created yet. It's Mm -hmm. not started yet. There's nothing, there's nothing, but she wants to use these skills to grow that one day, like that course one day. Is it for you? If you're like, again, in that middle zone. And I guess the answer is pretty similar is honestly, truly not even an overstatement, but whatever you're doing in whatever phase of life you find yourself in, the more you can root down in the skills that like help transform yourself and transform the other people in your life. Mm -hmm. What I told her was, Hey, this is great news because not only can you go really, practice these skills in your corporate life uh, as you work alongside, you know, your people and work for the CEO of this company, but you can also like be refining them and refining them and refining them for when your course does happen. Whenever your course happens, you don't want to be starting the practice then. You don't want to be starting refinement then. Now, if you are and you find yourself like, oh, but well, I am starting a new course and I want to take guide culture. That's great. Just know that the sooner you refine your skills, the better, because luck is when opportunity meets preparation and you want to be prepared as soon as you possibly can.
1: Right. Man, that's good. And also like when it comes to course creation in general, the last thing you want to do is sit here and create a course from top to bottom and then sell it because you, you don't know, like, you don't know if it's helpful. You don't know if it's going to transform people. You don't know if it's even what the market wants. You don't even know. You want to sell and create at the same time. So you like, you create like a little module, you sell it and you test it. You sell for a very low price. You want it. You want to take a little money because you need people to be bought in and actually follow through with things. And that's very important, but you, you sell, you perform, you get a rep in, you see the questions, you see where people are confused. You see where the people are winning. And then that's a new step to, to go off from, to create the next part and the next part and the next part, you're going to waste a lot of time if you just make a course and then start to sell it, mm-hmm. but selling with creation. That's why that is just so important to know the sales first before you start kind of getting down and dirty. Cause if you think about like course creation, like you're, you're in a dark room on a computer. That's all I can think about. Like whenever we were creating guide culture and just putting it together, we are just in a, in a room for a year, a room for a year, putting it together. It's a, it's, it's a lot of work, but by the time it's together, you think people are all excited about it when really they haven't even seen your face. They don't even know what you're doing. They have no right. idea. How can they, and then people are like, Hey, my course is like for sale and no one's excited about it. And you wonder why mm-hmm. it's because you haven't been having a sales message alongside of the course creation. And I would just hate for all that work to go in and uh, nothing to come out of it. And then you get discouraged and just let it all go because it's not the course necessarily. It's the sales, right? It's the selling, the messaging of the course. So we got to make sure we get that right.
2: Amen. And honestly, this is not the part the point of the podcast, but I think we've all made this mistake. So I'm going to save someone a mistake. Hopefully one of the biggest things that is so not helpful is just what you just described, which is like announcement energy, which is like, gosh, there was no uh, kind of sales content to help build up the the desire or the demand or the value of what you're about to present. Right. And instead it's like, announce, I like am part of this company, announce, I have this course, you know, people aren't ready. They're not, people aren't just like waiting at the edge of their seat for you to talk on Instagram. Right. they, everyone has their own life. Right. So it's really your job to help kind of pre uh, pre sell them, if you will, mm-hmm. and get them excited and get them feeling that value is good for their life. So that when you do announce that's when, you know, a launch is successful because people are already bought in, in their head right before. So that's the goal. And whether you have a new course coming in a week or in a year, I really believe that you can build up, you can yeah. get some buy-in, Um, as long as you're prepared.
1: Yeah. So good.
2: Yep. Excited. Okay. So let's talk about leadership now. Yeah.
1: Let's, I was going to go there too.
2: I'm excited. So um, it's so funny. Recently I was talking to a a network marketing leader and it's so funny because me even saying that is the point of what I'm about to say, which is what does that even mean? Right. Uh, uh, I was talking to her about leadership and she said, I don't know if people want to hear about that. I was, I was, basically like, you know, why not? And she said, well, people are kind of sick of everyone talking to like the top 1%, the top 2%. And I was like, oh, my bad. Like, that's not what I meant by leadership. You know, Mm -hmm. what I meant is basically a leader is anybody. I don't care if you have people under you, beside you, if you're alone, if you're 12 years old, I really don't care who you are, what you do. If you're the CEO, billionaire, everyone is a leader everyone is a leader. But in this case, if you are uh, a leading people, in this case, we were talking to a dietitian who has a team of like coaches who help serve the clients. Mm -hmm. So truly you're leading like a team of like 10, 15, 20 people, let's just say. And of course this could go for network marketing too. You're leading people again, any role where people look to you to tell them, not, not, not just tell them what to do, but really like lead the way right. and set the example and all this kind of stuff. So how does that apply to, how does that apply? Is that necessary? Is sales in leadership related? Mm. Will it help someone who is trying to motivate, you know, a sales force or motivate coaches or yeah. anything
1: like that? Yeah, it's so major. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, someone that I'm kind of talking to right now, she's just telling me about her business and she said, you know, feels pretty good. Like sales are pretty good. You know, maybe I struggle a little bit with the objections. Uh, she said, you know, my team, I got this person, this person, this person, everybody's, you know, tasked out. That's what she said. They're tasked out, T-A-S-K, tasked out and knows what to do. I mean that's awesome. Like there's nothing better than knowing that like your people are doing what they need to do. But are they bought in? Like there's a difference between being tasked out, like I can check off my list and like go to sleep, to being bought in, running with you to the ultimate vision. Mm-hmm. Because that work, someone who is tasked out versus running with you, it's two different levels of work, it's two different levels of creativity, it's two different levels of excellence. And I know you want your team to be excellent running with you not doing stuff for you. Mm-hmm. And so all all of this what Kat is saying about having a team of coaches, what Kat is saying about like just leadership about uh like a, a network marketing team or having a team of people that just, you know, do admin work, all of it requires the same skill set because all it is like I said is sales skills. And and I was telling this girl um these this principle of like hey, all of this is sales skills. She's like, but how? Like I don't get it. Like I don't get how I could get my team like bought in, right? And ultimately, the way you think about this is like, okay, what is one message that your people will get fired up about? And how do you repeat it in a new and different way? What is one message you get fired up about and how do you repeat it in a new and different way? So I want to give you an example and I want to talk about an election. Usually someone who is running for something anything. They have one message. They have one message. Let's use like class president for right now, high school class president. Well, they are going to have that one message, but let's say they're talking to the basketball team. Their message to a basketball team, hey, vote for me for class president, might be a little bit different than the people who are in space camp, or, you know, into NASA, that they go talk to the NASA club. And it might be a little bit different to the people who are in beta club. And it might be a little bit different to the football players. All of it is aligned with the same message, but it's gonna hit different people in different ways. But but the goal, the ultimate goal is for all of those clubs All those people to say, I want them. I want them to be my president based on what they can get for me. And that's like what you're doing here, right? Each person on your team is a different, like, you know, group of people, so to speak. One might represent a basketball team. One might represent the space club. One might represent the beta. They all want different things, but it's the same message. It's the same vision. It's the same goal. It's up to you to communicate in a way where they're like, man, I'm on board with them. Like, what is the flag that you would stake in the ground? around that people can rally around they're like i want to be with them i want to be under her flag i want to be whatever whatever they're drinking i want some of it because i see where they're going and what is so insane is that leader to leader to leader to leader like no one's different like everybody has a mission what makes leaders great is the way they communicate the mission that's the difference between having a bunch of people follow them and just a few doing what they ask them to do Right. Mm-hmm. And that that's like the best news ever, because it all comes down to one skill. It's all, and that's what's so cool about guide culture and, and the method It is the same framework, pulling different ways, helping you cr- create different ways of saying the same one message. And if you've been ever struggling with content, how do I make content? Angels. This is it right here like you never want to just steer off and just talk about random stuff you want to stay on message but how do you keep people in how do you mm-hmm. keep people listening without just saying oh I know what they're going to say I know what they're going to talk about even if they know even if they know what lane you're in you want them to listen so that they're like man I believe even more I care even more I want it even more the way she's talking now oh my gosh that story she just told that analogy oh it just hits so good I want even more that's the goal and that's why this skill is timeless. It It will never, ever not need to be refined. It can always be better because you can always have people say, yes, I want more.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so going back to that person who said, so I don't get it. Like, what's the difference between sales and like, how is sales skills even like related to leadership skills? The reason and what Macy's describing is selling a belief in an idea. Mm -hmm. It's so easy for, I mean, in natural, honestly, for anyone to look at the word sales and think, okay, well, that's when I exchange, even like the definition is you exchange, you know, your good or service for money. Like that's the definition. What we know is that you, people don't really want to be sold to, they want to be bought in. They want to buy, people want to purchase things. And so if you think about it, people can literally purchase your belief. They can purchase Mm -hmm. your idea in their heart. And that is why a team Will run with you. It's why, right. you know, someone being bought into like the bigger picture of what you do. Uh, a story I actually recently heard was one of our uh, alumni. She's a copywriter and she has an amazing team of people who literally get everything done so well yeah. and on task. And she was like, you know, I just want to make sure everyone's like running on mission together. Because mm. she was feeling like, you know, maybe this isn't happening like I want it to, but everyone's doing their job, but I wanted to feel like we're one, you know, we're really like locked arms and running. I said, well, what is your one message? And she said, I want people to own their story. I'm going Mm. to own their story. And she got me fired up about it. Mm. I was like, you just need to like sell that. You need to get them bought into owning the story and like really getting everyone on the same page about that and repeating the message, repeating the message. Um, So that people aren't just taskmasters or not just checkmark people, but Mm -hmm. they feel an ownership over that belief that you stand for. So that's why, I mean, I don't want to say it's more important than like just exchanging your service or good for money. But it kind of is because whether you stick with your course, you stick with your corporate job, whatever, you want to be able to transfer belief to people no matter
1: where you are. Right.
2: Uh, And that's a a sales skill that really is in the container of leadership.
1: Yeah. So it's so... And, and like the thing about her, the girl we're talking about, she's, you said she's copywriter, right? You hear like, and we talked to a copywriter in our workshop that we just had. And she's like, I want to write, like, I want to write. I don't want to sell. I get on a call. I get read. I get sweaty. I literally practice in the mirror how to say, this is what I charge and not get read. Like I have to practice. I just want to write. I hear you. Like you would never become a copywriter if you didn't want to write. Like I totally get that. I really do. There is no getting out of selling as an entrepreneur. Now, if you want to go work for a magazine, then do it, go do it. You'll never have to, you know, quote, sell for, you know, exchange money again. But as an entrepreneur, it is the one thing as a leader, you cannot get out of it. So what if, what if you just got into it? What if you just decided and leaned in and said, I'm going to master this because that energy that you're probably wasting, feeling stressed about a sales call that you're probably wasting before, you know, you say the price, like if you're getting off a sales call and you're like, Hey, I need to go like recover. I need to go recharge my batteries. Like how much time and energy are you wasting? I hate that. And it does not have to be that way. It can happen effortlessly. It can happen subconsciously. And it could happen in flow of your day instead of like a chunk of your day and a chunk of your energy. It can actually add to your energy because that is momentum. That is success is moving forward and Mm -hmm. moving forward is getting people in on what you do.
2: Absolutely. So it's one of those
1: things, if you can't get out of it, just get into it and there's no getting out of it. So lean in, buy in and just watch everything. Just like feel easier.
2: So crazy. I, we need to move on to the next one. But the wow. example that just popped in my head is one of our grads who just sent the win of, she, she said, I'm like still not used to being able to make sales and DMs like this. Like she was watching sex in yeah. the city yeah, and a DM came in and I think the woman's response was, okay, I'm in, how did like, how are you in my head? Like, where, where's the link, you know? And she's like, I'm watching, I'm literally like in DMs with her watching TV. Right. And I'm just like, I'm doing my life's work though, you know? And like, it doesn't need to be this like hunched over in your closet, like sweating situation. It doesn't have to be that way. I mean, it just doesn't. And so that's, what's fun is people Watch us being able to watch our grads live out their calling right and actually having fun doing it because if you're not making sales, you're not living out your calling right. You have a hobby right. and it doesn't mean it's not meaningful. It just means that you're not truly able to help people like you want to.
1: yeah, um,
2: and that's honestly not okay with us. So we we' so excited for people to be thriving in their sales because it means they're helping more people,
1: man, so good.
2: Oof. okay. All right, all right, all right. so, One of the cool things about the people that we talk to and the people who listen to this podcast is that they are investors into themselves by nature. If you're even listening to this, you could be listening to some silly like pop culture podcasts, right? But you're not, but you're not, you're listening to this. So that tells us that, you know, you're a grower and all that kind of great stuff. So some of the things that kind of come up and I got this question this week was, Hey, I am already like pretty spread thin with what I'm investing in. I'm already Mm -hmm. investing a lot. Like my time, Mm
0: -hmm. I have
2: commitments. I have like monthly, payments in my business already. And I really just like want to earn those back before I invest into anything else. I want to make sure that like, I don't add something else to my plate time wise or financially, if it's not going to be super beneficial. So Macy, what do you say to that? Someone who in, in this specific investment was a dietitian who was investing in her dietitian skills. Like she was becoming Mm -hmm. a better practitioner, Mm -hmm. a specialized practitioner, which is amazing. Yeah. Becoming better at her job for her clients. Um, and we had actually been talking for months, like honestly, since the spring, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so as we were checking in, checking in, checking in, every time guy culture opened, it was just always like, Hey, it's like not the right time. Not the right time. Right. I can't afford it. Like money, this money, that. And so it was like, fine, you know, your time needs to come when it, when you feel right sure. was like in her heart, wasn't right. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, we get, yeah. can't move forward if your heart's not right. So this, like this round specifically, mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, you are becoming A better practitioner, you are becoming so good. You have invested so much time Mm -hmm. and energy into becoming better. Are you helping more people? Mm -hmm. Are are your sales reflecting your growth as a as a dietitian? Mm -hmm. And they weren't. They're not. They haven't really changed. But she's been investing in her skills as a dietitian. And Mm -hmm. what's crazy is that whatever your trade is, whether you are a copywriter, dietitian, anything, if you're like get like your product knowledge is growing, but you don't have put that into the container that people want to listen to it in. Right. Whether you're on stories, DMS, people aren't, they're not understanding like what you're putting down, or maybe you don't even know how to put it into words. Right. All the passion you feel you're not, you're only helping yourself. And one of the phrases that one of our other students use, she's also like a nutritionist. She said, I was playing business mm. because I was doing all the things I was making investments but people weren't buying in, they weren't Mm. buying from me. So I'm, I was playing business yeah. and that's really, uh, ultimately what we had to kind of come to. And she realizes that she needs to match her sales results with the growth that she's experiencing as a dietitian.
1: And, you know, it makes so much sense because it's like, you need to know your product, You need to know your skill set. You need to be the expert. Like you need to be better than the person that you're helping. So I totally get like wanting to make sure you know your stuff. I actually have someone I'm talking to. She's an esthetician. She's like, hey, I like need to just go like learn about the products that I'm using more, the fact that she's an esthetician in itself, like that degree alone tells me that she has enough knowledge. Like she's better than the person that she's helping. I know that, perfect, right? Like she does not need to go learn. She knows what ingredients do, you know, and she can, she can diagnose problems very well and help you, you know? And so, and what's scary about this, what's scary about product knowledge is that it feels like you're doing something. It feels like you're moving, but you're actually not like you're parked. Right. And when you try to steer to talk to somebody like the car doesn't move because you're parked and you can't steer a parked car. Right. But what actually moves the car is connecting with people and being able to, to actually like draw out the right information and connect your problem with their solution. So I want to give you an example to hopefully like paint this picture. So we have one of our students, we had a strategy call with her and uh, she helps people with their hormones Okay. So people come to her and they're like, you know, I'm tired. I'm sluggish. I crash it too. I can't get anything done. Blah, blah, blah. They're on the sales call. And what she's been doing is turning around and saying, Oh, like here is all this information about your hormones. And here's what you need to do to fix your hormones. And I can help you. Right. Because she knows hormones. Like she knows her stuff. The way she talks is like, I'm like going cross-eyed listening to her because she's very clearly a professional. Okay. And then she's like, Hey, and it's going to be, you know, like $3,000 to help. And she said that almost every time they're like, Whoa, that's like way too much money. That's way too expensive They hang up. They never, and she's like, but it's a year long program and they get calls every other week. And it's like this and this and this, it makes so much sense. It's such a good uh, price for what you get. I said, right. But you're talking about hormones. You're talking about what, you know, you're talking about your field. And while you need to know your field, you don't need to say everything that you know, because it's not connecting with people. People won't pay $3,000 to fix their hormones. They will pay $3,000 to be able to like get on their floor with their grandkids and actually have lasting relationships with their grandkids. Once they're long and gone, their grandkids can say, Hey, I like knew my grandmother and I like have memories with her. They will pay $3,000 for that. Right. But the sales skill in that is being able to draw out the right information in a quick and efficient way and to actually hear what's being unsaid and to read what's being unsaid. And so when we say like, stop obsessing over your product, because people don't care about your product. They don't care about your offer. They don't care about what you know. They care about the vision that you can get for them, that you can help them reach. And your ability to say like, I hear you, I see you, and here's how it's going to happen. And here's the life that I envision for you and what you can have that's what matters more than anything. And so when people obsess over their products, like I know they're missing so many people, especially when they're watching on the sidelines, right? There's so many people watching on the sidelines of Instagram and people are talking about hormones and they're talking about dietitian stuff. And they're talking about like the chemicals in a product. And it's like, they hear you, but they just simply do not care when you're able to communicate to people and not communicate about your product so much right? Obsessively, you're going to cast a net so much bigger to the people sitting on the sidelines. It's going to perk their ear and say, wait, 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 I didn't know that that's what it would give me. Like I heard you talking about estrogen, but I didn't know that like it would help me have this specific result for my life. Tell me more. Wait, what? I'm sorry. I had no idea. That's like the worst thing when someone's like, I had no idea that that's what it could help me with. So it's your job to really over communicate and be explicit in a way that connects with people. I, I get like. So fiery about this because it's like they're just missing like the one piece, the the 10%. I always call it the 10% of the car. You got the whole car, you got the engine, you got the leather seats, but you don't have the steering wheel. And without the steering wheel, you can't go anywhere. It's not the most important part of the car, but you cannot drive without it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't have a Lamborghini without a steering wheel. You know what I'm saying? Pointless. So, Kat, what about? Like, is it ever not a good fit? I know we talk all the time, like someone in our workshop, uh, the other day, a graduate posted in the chat, like, do you have a pulse like guide cultures for you? And a new person commented, they're like, what is this like guide culture voodoo? Like what, why is everybody in love with it? Like, what is it? And so you're probably wondering like, when is it not for me? Like when, when, Mm -hmm. when. is there ever a time? And I'm going to tell you, yes, there's, there are times where it's not for you.
2: Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting because like we just painted this, these scenarios of, you know, no matter what lane you're running in in life, you can do it. So it's really not a matter of, you know, are you going to be in your corporate job forever? Or do you love your side hustle or you know, what it is, it's not a matter of what's your occupation. Honestly, it's a, it comes down to a matter of attitude. One of the things that is so required to make any investment work for you, not just guide culture, but I would be willing to bet that most people aren't wanting to, you know, they don't want to be honest about this because it's better to just, it's easier to make the sale than to say, no, like it's not your time. Like you need to, you know, right go get right in your heart, but the attitude, meaning like, how are, how do you think about, how are you thinking through the process? Are you, are your arms crossed metaphorically and you're waiting for someone to change your life? You know, all that this training can do is give the tools For you to excel, for you to really big, a different version of yourself, an unrecognizable version of the business owner, you of the corporate leader, you of the mom, you, it can give you an unrecognizable, like lane in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if your attitude is like, is this even going to work for me? That to me says there needs to be some, and you know, honestly, there's like a ton of mindset and heart set work in guide culture. So mm-hmm. I do feel like the, the attitude thing like can be, it can, oh, it definitely can turn around, but that just takes like a willing person, mm-hmm. um, who is open to open to change.
1: Yeah. I kind of want to tell the the story of like where I messed up on an investment, I think I've talked a little bit about this, but one time I uh, spent like $25,000 for three months of a business like mentor. And the offer was basically a call every other week for three months, $25,000. And like, I don't know if I just had my arms crossed metaphorically, but the whole like three months, I was like, this is lame. Like, this is not worth it. I can't believe I spent this. I can't believe this is like what I'm getting. You know, what the heck? But then I had we we had Kat and I were on this call together. We had one call. We had one call and he told us a couple of things that were not groundbreaking, like nothing just out of the ordinary, but it was just the right moment, the right time, and it just hit different. It's kind of like when your parents tell you something and they tell it to you over and over and over again, and then you hear it from someone else in a in a different environment, and you're like, wait, that sounded different, like that hit different and you believe them. And then your parents are like, I told you so, you know, it was a little bit like that. It was like a moment where I was like, wow, like that was worth it. Like that one call was worth it. And it really helped us. It was amazing. And when I reflect back on the three months, like, man, like, That was my fault that it was lame. It was my fault that that I didn't show up willing. I didn't show up open-handed. I did not show up like this is going to work. And so for that reason, that investment was worth it because that is like the new mentality in all investments. Is like, this is going to work. This is going to be for me, like no matter what. And that has been the case for everything since. And so I'm so thankful for that experience. And I share that with you so that you hopefully can learn from my mistake and that you don't have to be 25,000 in the hole to learn like a life changing uh, lesson of the attitude into anything is what determines the results. Attitude drives behavior. Mm-hmm right? And so to make your behavior right, which gives you results, the attitude, it has to start the attitude. And that all it has to be is like open-handedness and deciding that this is going to work for me. No matter what, I'm going to make something out of this work for me. Uh, And there's no like, yeah, I'll do this, but yeah, I hear, but there's none of that. It's like, I'm going to do exactly what they asked me to do. I'm not going to question anything throughout the way. I'm not going to think ahead. I'm not going to look ahead. I'm going to be present in the moment. In the lesson and I'm going to act on what I learn immediately well said it's a really big deal
2: and that's honestly the only reason it wouldn't be a good fit is if you're not ready to make a true decision and mm-hmm. be excited about whatever the results are going to be yeah uh, and and honestly I'm so proud of people who do sign up because I I see them having businesses they have jobs they're they're a mom and they say things like you know if if I only become a better mom. Like it's good enough. It's good enough. And it's not that they're looking down on like their ability. It's just like, Mm -hmm. they're excited
1: Mm
2: -hmm. about even like one thing changing in their life. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what you said. Like the one thing is enough. And what's really cool is that it's usually a cascade of things Mm -hmm. where it overflows into the corporate job. The Yeah side hustle the marriage the the parenthood and that's really exciting because like leadership really does transfer into the home to the office all that stuff so yeah um it's really it's just exciting to see things happen um but even just believing that one thing is worth it is what makes the whole thing fun
1: that's right yeah i hope you enjoyed this episode i knew i knew it was long Uh, one thing I will say is there's been a lot of times that I've been maybe interested in something and I've been so thankful that people just sell, like that they are just explicit and they are just so clear. And like, there's no question of if, or when this is a fit, the way they are just so obvious about the program. And I've been thankful for that. And I really hope that 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 has been this for you, that, uh, the, the, hopefully the clearness and the specific situations, either one spoke to you or. A, a version of one spoke to you if it did please let us know and please let us know which one you resonated with the, the most say hey like the, the the description of this particular situation like that is me but i have a couple little you know different things about my life so like let me share it with you and see if it's a good fit please do that on the guide culture instagram that is where kat and i live we are talking to people all day every day and we'd love to add you into that into that mix
2: absolutely we can't ha- wait to have you and again next Next Tuesday is uh, January 25th, the live Mm -hmm. viewing party. Mm -hmm. And just to reiterate what Macy said in the beginning, the cool thing about this is that it's about two weeks before your cohort would start. So if you come to this and you want to tease out some ideas with Macy, Lloyd, myself, and your fellow cohort mates who are signed up also, it's going to be a really, it's a strong group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, who are not only like-minded, but like valued. Mm-hmm. And that's really important to get in the same room as people who are like valued as you moving in the same direction. Yes, It's a very quick way to change your life in the best way. Yes. Um, yes. So it's just gives, it gives you more runway to get clarity on like, okay, I I know that this can work. How do I maximize my time? Mm. How do I get the most out of this? And one thing we know about the brain is that the more time it can kind of have to really stew on things and you can like marinate on it, you know, you in your, you know, as you're going to sleep, as you're showering, as you're in the car, like you can really be dwelling in a good way. And on, on these principles and these thoughts before your cohort even starts, it's a very unique experience, regardless, you're going to have a good experience. We just want to give you every opportunity to get the most, get a head start. As we, you know, um, really start a brand new year and just believe so much in, in you and everything like that. So that's the point of the 25th and, uh, we can't wait to see you there.
1: Yes. And the uh, final final deadline is February the 4th. So if you don't make it the 25th, you have until the 4th uh, and let's make it happen for you. There's a six month payment plan. So you can start today for 669 angels, 669. That's all it takes. We cannot wait to see you inside of Guide Culture.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And we hope this episode encouraged you in your journey. Come join us over at the Winner's Circle Facebook group of online entrepreneurs who are winning the game of life. The link is down in the show notes. We'll see you there.